Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change. And these are the people who show us how. Hello, Changemakers. This is Lynn Weinman, president of Kit Glove. Welcome to another episode of Agency for Change podcast. Today's guest, Donna Cush, is the president and chief executive officer of the Omaha Community Foundation. Now, she assumed this role on March 23rd, 2020. For those of you that think about the last year, that's exactly 10 days after the COVID-19 pandemic was declared a national emergency. And since that time, she has been at the forefront of orchestrating COVID-19 relief efforts, in addition to the many other activities of the Omaha Community Foundation. She has also seen firsthand the incredible generosity and resiliency of the citizens of Omaha. Welcome, Donna. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate being here and the opportunity to talk. Absolutely. I love to talk with inspiring people who are doing big things. And, you know, Donna, I can't imagine what it must have been like to start your new role as the president and CEO of the Omaha Community Foundation in the midst of all of this. What did that feel like? Well, I have to say, you know, thankfully, my predecessor, Sarah Boyd, had done a wonderful job leading the organization and the team here is extremely talented and the culture is amazing. And so I came in wanting to maximize all of the the good, the great that had already been here and then just focus on how to evolve the organization. The the pandemic certainly wreaked havoc on, you know, any, any best laid plans that anyone had, but it also, fortunately for us, created some great opportunities for our organization and for the team. One of the things I really like doing is looking for the good that's come out of the past year. And I appreciate you saying that. And I do think, you know, organizations that came into the pandemic with a strong foundation were able to react more quickly, more impactfully. And I noticed a blog post on the foundation's website that starts with the following statement. Imagine having a crystal ball last year that would have revealed how 2020 would unfold. We would have thought it was a fictional movie plot, not believing it at all. And I've got to wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, Donna, I'd love to go back to those early days. What was it like as you were navigating the leadership of the foundation and determining how to best support the community? The early days in any new job are exciting and, of course, challenging as you're getting up to speed. The early days, though, during the pandemic were really a test in agility for for our entire team. You know, we we were focused on the needs of the community, but all of those needs became amplified as we began to look at what areas needed addressing most and most quickly. So the the team had, when I came on board, had just moved to working remotely. So, you know, we were dealing with that, but also with, like I said, really focusing on those 
most urgent needs of the community and addressing those first and foremost. I can see that. And so I know you've done many things, but you were recently on the news sharing great information about economic relief grants for local restaurants. And I know that's just one of many, many programs the foundation has facilitated. Can you highlight some of the things that you are doing to respond to COVID-19? Yes, there were there are a couple of things I'd, I'd love the opportunity to highlight. The first of those was one that was launched before I, I actually even came on board on March 13th, about 10 days before I joined the team here at the Community Foundation had launched a COVID response fund. And we were looking at the, the basic needs support. So we were looking at food, shelter, healthcare, mental health, and, and other areas, you know, special needs of the senior citizen population in that. We were able to raise about 1.5 million in the response fund today. That's great. It is. It, we were very pleased. And, you know, that came from about 6,000 different individuals in the community who helped us raise that amount. And we were very, very appreciative, especially in such a challenging year for so many, that so many people stepped forward to help with that. In total, we were able to make about 51 grants to to 51 different nonprofits. And again, those were in that area of food, healthcare, housing, um, some emergency financial support, uh, and and other areas. And then a, a second area that I would like to highlight was something that we had never done before at the Community Foundation, and that was partnering with a a government agency, a government partner, to to be able to do some grant making for them. So we were approached to help the Douglas County be able to administer grants to nonprofits from CARES Act funds that they had received. And that was challenging and new um, on top of just being government money. It was federal government money. So it was a big learning experience for everyone involved in how to deal with that and specifically within the CARES Act guidelines. But we're proud to say that we were able to distribute $28 million in total. And we ran a couple different programs through there uh, for both health and human services organizations and then arts and culture organizations. And we ran two different types of grant programs. One was to help cover some expenses, direct COVID-related expenses. And then the other program that was really helpful, especially to smaller nonprofits, was a stimulus grant program. That just allowed a lot more flexibility in how the funds could be used. And of course, was greatly, greatly needed, especially, like I said, for those smaller nonprofit organizations. So in total, it was $28 million that uh, was distributed through about 320 different grants to, to nonprofit organizations. And that was done at the end of last year. And I'm so proud of the team, Lynn, because they distributed those, those over 300 grants in about three months. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I think people don't realize what it takes to you know, match up the funds and the organizations that need the funds in the right way, following all the right rules with the partnerships. I think that's just incredible. Yes. And we tried to be very, very user-friendly throughout the whole process in terms of the grant application itself, uh, especially in the stimulus. The stimulus, we were able to make that pretty a pretty simple process. 
and then also offer support to the nonprofits through workshops, one-on-one consulting with them, and just giving them that opportunity to ask us questions and help make sure that we got as many organizations in there as, as possible. That grant making led to then a third opportunity for us at, at the beginning of this year, which was to do $2 million. Uh, it was partnering again with Douglas County to do $2 million in grant making for small businesses, for restaurants, bars, food trucks, and catering organizations. And we, the window for that had just, has just recently closed. And so we're in the process of combing through those applications and, and getting that assistance out too. So the county recognized that small businesses have been really deeply hurt and we wanted to be there to, to help get that money out. So that was a new, something new for us too at the Community Foundation. We're really known for, you know, more for our nonprofit work. But what we are experts at is, you know, is, is with our grant making and our grant portal. And we had those great assets and infrastructure that we had built to do the grant making last fall with the county. So it was just a natural extension to do this additional work with the county. We did bring in a partner, Nebraska Enterprise Fund, because of their expertise in helping small businesses so that they could help do technical assistance, and then also financial analysis as we're looking at those applications. I think those three examples show great agility and great versatility. I mean, jumping in right away, finding the right partnerships, sharing the information, sharing the money. And, you know, when you think about nonprofits, they have, most of our nonprofits have had increased need for their services, but yet decreased funding. So that's amazing. And you think about Our bars and restaurants, they've had such a rough year, but yet they do so much for adding interest and quality to our community and our culture. And when I saw that you were supporting them in that way, it just made me feel really good about Omaha and what the foundation is doing. Now, those are great programs. Do you still see gaps out there in the need as related to COVID relief? We do see gaps, Lynn, and it's one of the reasons why we are now uh, modifying our response, our COVID response fund, to evolving it to more of a recovery fund. And it's going to be focused on five priorities. Those include mental health, workforce and economic opportunity, arts and culture, housing, and achievement gap. I mean, we we all know that is is something in itself that's going to take everybody in the community focusing on to to help kids of all ages get caught up from from what has been a really challenging time for everyone in the in the education system. I, I just I feel really feel for everyone from administrators to teachers to parents to students. It's just, it's been an extremely challenging year and we we should all be focusing on that, on that gap. But yes, there are all these other priorities that we need to be, these other gaps that we need to be making a priority as well. So Donna, I know that we have both active and generous listeners on this podcast. If anyone does want to get involved in supporting this work, what is the best way for them to connect with Omaha Community Foundation? you know, probably to go to our website. So certainly if you search for Omaha Community Foundation or omahafoundation.org, 
that is really the best way to to connect with us. And there, you know, you can email us through that. You can call us. That, but we're we're happy to help anyone with you know recognizing and, and talking about their philanthropic their th- philanthropic goals. Fantastic. So I think sometimes that community foundations can be misunderstood. Can you help our listeners, you know, really understand the role of the community foundation in Omaha? Community foundations are just as very different types of, of organizations. And we do vary from community to community, but in general, what we are is we are, we are made up of you know, a host of different donors, a host of different philanthropists who come to us with different types of, of goals that they have and, and different areas of interest that they have for, for wanting to serve the community. And we like to think of ourselves too as serving as a connector or convener in the community. So as I mentioned, we you know most recently did public-private partnership with Douglas County. Um, we work closely with peer foundations in town. We work closely with United Way, Nonprofit Association of the Midlands, um, you know, and other community leaders, corporations. Uh, but but we want to serve in this central role, which I think is unique to a community foundation. We really want to be seen as kind of an unbiased partner. So so that especially if you think about it you know, with government partners, we don't want people to think about it as, as us having any kind of bias. We want them to think of us as that partner who can get things done in the community, who can help connect, convene, get resources together, and help figure out a plan to execute and implement. Thanks. I appreciate that overview. And then also, I know your work doesn't just stop with Omaha. You are going beyond the Nebraska border into Southwest Iowa. How does that work for you? The community foundations of Southwest Iowa are comprised of nine counties that have come together to help minimize administrative costs. And so they have back back office support that is provided by Omaha Community Foundation. Now, each one of those has its own advisory board and, and operates a little bit like a, its own entity. And we help do grant making for them, very similar to our own, to help address those individual needs in their communities. That's got to be reassuring to donors and people who are setting up endowments to know that you're being efficient on both sides of the border by reducing administrative costs and making sure as many of the funds as possible are getting to that end location. Yeah, it's an important relationship for us, Lynn. We we are so connected to Council Bluffs and Southwest Iowa and Pottawatomie County Community Foundation and Iowa West Foundation. And I'm very proud of that work that we do in Southwest Iowa because it provides a formal relationship for us there that then leads to informal relationships as well. I mean, when you think about how all of those communities are intertwined, it really just makes sense for that work to have some synergy in those Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm also really uh, intrigued with the Landscape Project. And I understand its approach is 
to work towards making Omaha Metro a great place to call home, a great place to raise a family. Can you tell us a bit more about this program and how it unfolded? Landscape is a project that unfolded about four years ago. And it's it's really data and research that takes advantage of publicly available data, but then we also talk to residents so that we have resident engagement and are able to really, you know, get good information directly from the, the residents in, in the region. And we, we do have a site where we have all of that information, where all of that data is served. We're in the process of kind of uh, transitioning it into folding it more into the community foundation, but also looking at way to help sure, ensure that this system of knowledge that we have, this information that it's a little bit easier for others in the community to work with and put it in a very user-friendly kind of way as we present the data and information and allowing people to, to work with it and use it to what makes sense. So if you have you know, a specific area such as healthcare, uh, transportation, or maybe a housing, you, you'd be able to dig into data into that specific area. So Donna, it's not just funds that you distribute, it's a unique expertise, it's data, it's information, um, all focused on making Omaha a great place to live, work, raise a family. That's fantastic. I'm glad you brought that up, Lynn, because that's actually what differentiates a community foundation. There are other donor advice fund providers out there, commercial providers and others. And what differentiates a community foundation is that value-added community knowledge, community expertise. Well, and I know that's something about Omaha and the people of Omaha and the extended region into Iowa, that there's there's great pride in the area, right? And and it's really, really solid people, really solid community. And, and you're doing great work to build upon that. As a matter of fact, I just read that Omaha was named number six on Motley Fool's best cities for high salaries and low cost of living. That seems like it should be a headline for a Chamber of Commerce ad, doesn't it? But um, do you think your work, the work that you're doing, has helped achieve that type of scenario? Certainly it's a team effort for our community. And it says something I think about the values of our community and the values about our region in the Midwest um, that very much aligns with what we we are known for, we believe, and it's part of our culture here. I, I think to be, you know, want to be known for that. That said, Lynn, we have a lot of work yet to do. When you look at information on homelessness and the great need for affordable housing, uh, you know, there have been some um, studies recently by our, our peer foundations, and OCF has participated in these, looking at homelessness and you know, one of, I think, the aha moments was looking at how much funding has gone into homelessness in the recent years. And it's and it's addressing that problem. But when you look at it, it's disproportionate to what probably should be going more allocation to affordable housing and those systemic issues that are causing homelessness. 
So that is an initiative, affordable. If you think about it, many of these issues and initiatives that we're involved and engaged in with with our peers and and community partners and our you know government partners, you know we're we're now taking a much better view and look at how these are all related and then how do we address them together? Because you have affordable housing, you have homelessness, you have equity, you there's there's a great body of work and and we really just need to, you know, build some plans and and work together to execute. You know, I think once again a great example of combining that expertise, information, funding, having a strategic approach to really building up the community. I'm curious, Donna, are there other programs that we haven't talked about that you're excited about as well that the Community Foundation is working on right now? I think one of the other areas, those three initiatives that I mentioned, the racial equity, homelessness, uh, affordable housing, those are all really key priority areas that we definitely have to put a lot of resources into as, as a community foundation with our donors and fund holders and the community as a whole, all working together. The other area too is mental health. And we all know that the pandemic has only exacerbated what has been already an issue for so many. And, and now it's just really caused great devastation for a lot of families as people are home, not in school, not at work. And just we're, we're all missing those social touch points that we previously had and those routines that we previously had. And, and that is another area that, that we know we need to be involved in and, and, and active in those discussions as well. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think mental health is going to be something we're dealing with for a long time as a result of this. And, you know, if anything has happened that's positive in the realm of mental health is it seems like maybe some of the stigma is coming off and we're talking about it more than we ever have before. And so I I hope that that will, will help combined with resources and, and attention as well. Mm-hmm. Donna, I'd like to talk a bit about you. I get to talk to a lot of great leaders and I, I love to hear their stories. I know you're from a small town of Monroe, Nebraska, population of 350, a bit different than Omaha. How did your how did your path lead you here? I did grow up in a very small, tiny town, Monroe, Nebraska, and there were 11 people in my graduating class, and we were pretty much together since kindergarten. And it was one of the great things about growing up in a small town is you do grow up with uh, a great sense of community and knowing each other and caring about each other. And I think that has carried through in the values that that throughout my life have, have actually helped me evolve and become who I have. And, and also with um, a work ethic, I think that comes from the, you know, rural areas in the Midwest and really knowing that if, if you want something to happen, you have to be able to and willing to, to put in the time and the effort to make it happen. And that said, I know that I've been blessed with a lot of really good mentors throughout my life and gave me amazing opportunities. And, you know, at times when I didn't believe in myself and wasn't sure I could, I could do what they were asking me to do. And so I feel very fortunate to have had that kind of support throughout 
my early years in school, through college, you know, and then throughout my professional career as well. That is a great reminder. Mentorship is an important way that we can all give back. There's something that we all know or do that somebody else wants to know or learn. And that's a, that's a great, great shout out for that. You and I also, I discovered, have something in common in that we're both graduates of the University of Nebraska College of Journalism and Mass Communications. I have to give a shout out to the Huskers there. How, oh. how has that training supported you in your current work? That Having a background in communications, it has helped from a formal standpoint in that in the College of Journalism, you know, it's, it's similar to, in terms of your training, your formal training of a journalist teach you the, the really good mechanics of the English language and grammar and, and everything that you need to be a good journalist. So you have that formal training, which I think helps you tremendously throughout your career, no matter what your job is. And then there's that other training then that comes in journalism about how you communicate, how you relate to people, being a good listener, you know, processing the information, and then perhaps being able to then distill the information back out and do do it in such a way that you're not filtering too much, that you're getting the general idea and you're able to translate that then to to different populations. And I think, you know, when I went to school, Lynn, they didn't have PR degrees. And what I really wanted was a strategic communications, you know, an integrated communications degree, which they do now have. So I did the best I could with multiple majors and, and minors to try to create that integration because that's what really interested me most from an early age was, you know, it's that strategic part of how you communicate and relate to people. And so I, I think that's what's really helped me for, for a long view. That's great. That, that is great because strategic communications can help any leader, any organization. I think listening too is probably a skill that sometimes we forget about. And through that journalism process, you really learn, you learn to listen um, well, you learn to listen fast, right? Because you don't get many chances. You're, you're, you're trying to just bring in that information and, and pull it together as quickly as you can. So mm-hmm. I'm talking with more and more people recently who, as a result of the past year, are looking for more meaning in their lives, right? I mean, I think it's kind of made us all look into our souls a bit. And as a community leader, what advice do you have for those who want to make a difference in their community, in their world, in their circle of influence, or so forth? I think the first thing you have to do is focus on what you're passionate about. And because if you join a nonprofit board or volunteer for a nonprofit, if you're not passionate about the cause of the organization, it's going to be very hard for you to engage with them. So first you have to think about, you know, what you are most passionate about and then then be able to think about, okay, what organizations might match up with that and then explore them and, and see what different ways you might engage. And that's the great thing about, I think the Omaha community 
And we are becoming a place where through organizations like Share Omaha, where it's not just about giving money, it's about finding volunteer opportunities. It's it's about engaging with nonprofits in a different way. And it might be giving, it might be, you know, buying items that they need. It's there are just so many different ways to engage with them. So that's what I, I think first and foremost, you have to start with what is it that's going to be meaningful to you? That makes a lot of sense. That's what's going to make you stick with it when it gets mm-hmm. hard or when you get busy. Um, but it's also good, going to be what makes it meaningful to you too as well. Mm-hmm. So Donna, one more question I love to ask. I'm inspired by motivational quotes. And I'm just curious, could you give us a few of your own Donna Cush words of wisdom for our listeners? You know, one piece of advice, Lynn, that I like to give people as they're early in their career is to not get stuck thinking that your career is going to go in a certain direction, that you 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 obtained a certain degree, you graduated and got a certain job, and you're going down that path with blinders on, and you're not really looking at what's all going on. Uh, to to the side of you when in fact you may get approached with these opportunities that you would never never have thought but you know that's just been the case for myself personally that different opportunities have come up and I've been fortunate to be pro- approached by those but you have to be open to those in in order to really challenge yourself for growth and expansion. That is great advice. You know, one of the things about strategic planning and strategic communication is you do when you start that process, you kind of have that straight arrow vision Mm -hmm. for where you want to go, but Mm -hmm. you don't always get there in a straight arrow, do you? Or you don't always end up where you think you will. Sometimes there will be a better opportunity along the way. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up our time together, I know you shared this earlier, but I I just want to include it one more time for people because you're doing great work. And if people want to find out more or support your work, how do they find out more about you, Donna? The Omaha Community Foundation website is really the the best place to find out all kinds of information about us. Uh, It's omahafoundation.org. And, you know, you can email, call. Anyway, we appreciate people reaching out. Fantastic. So our last question for this episode, what is the most important thing you would like people to know about the work that you're doing, Donna? I would want people to have a better understanding of the Community Foundation. And while we have a reputation of being a charitable bank, and we must first and foremost be a really good charitable bank. And we, we have excellent expertise within this team is, is just amazing and so talented in that area. And I think we're really well known for that in the community, but there's so much more that we, we should be known for. It's that expertise and knowledge that we have because of the grant making that we do, whether it's um, through our donors and fund holders, which is the primary grant making, but then through these other opportunities like we've had with Douglas County and other partners to do additional grant making. Because of that, we have this deep knowledge of the community and what the needs are, who's doing what, who's who's really working on what issues and, and doing it well. 
And so we want people to remember to lean on us for that expertise and knowledge as, as well as on that financial and, and philanthropic fund holder side as well. Well, Donna, I sure hope that this episode of the podcast is really will help shine a light on that unique and comprehensive role that you play in the community of Omaha. And I just want to say thank you for your time today, as well as thank you for what you and your team are doing to help make Omaha a better place. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me on. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a changemaker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.